Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. And now we bring you a story of two sisters and their rivalry, squabbling and just downright bickering. And it is called... <clears throat> Complete Combat. No, no, it means compete to combat. Oh, dear me. Hey, Renata. Hey, Caitlin. Oh, your nails look nice today. You must have had them manicured. No, um, I did them myself. I'm capable of taking care of my own nails, unlike some people I know. What's that supposed to mean? Well, I always notice that someone does your hair for you. Oh, that. Well, I feel like I can pamper myself. I do work hard, and I save my money. Oh, well, I work hard, too. I save my money. I choose to use it on nobler causes, like feeding the poor. Of course, that's right. It's better to get someone fat along with you. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Just spend it on yourself so your boyfriend will like you more. Oh, you, he dumped you last week. I forgot. We both agreed we'd go our separate ways. Besides, it's not like he's the only boy that's asked me out in three years. Oh, please, let me tell you something. I'm waiting for Mr. Wright. I'm not waiting for just a warm body and a drooling face. I suppose that's right. Waiting for Mr. Wright would be the best. There'll probably be only one Mr. Wright and all those leftovers. You know something? I happen to think there are men out there who appreciate someone with charm, wit, and a cheery attitude. Not all men are so shallow that they want a woman that is dumb, dull, and dim-witted. Oh, dear me. Good thing this is only a one-time story and it's, um, uh, never repeated? Compete and kill. That's almost how some siblings are. They're so competitive back and forth with one another that they're willing to kill each other. Sometimes when you find this high competition among two people, they'll turn and walk away from each other. But when they're part of the same family, it's something about that, that blood tie. They don't walk away, but they keep fighting until the death. It's especially true when there's jealousy and envy. Cecilia, what is the definition of jealousy? Jealousy 
is worrying that someone else is going to get what you have. And then envy. That's wanting what someone else has. So when you have siblings, one jealous, one envious, oh boy. You have a mess. You may remember from last time, Jacob ended up with two wives, Leah and Rachel, partly because he was tricked. He loved Rachel, but he was an upright man who kept his promise and kept his marriage to Leah, even though he was tricked. Genesis chapter 29, beginning at verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord has heard that I am not loved, he has given me this one, too. So she named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now, at last, my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. You may remember that Leah went along with the scheme of her father to get Jacob to marry her as well. But she could see, even as we have read, that Jacob loved Rachel. But, oh, Leah was envious and wanted that love. She hoped having children would make it possible. But now the combative sister, Rachel... Well, sometimes when one is in competition, they won't stop at anything to get what they want. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, Give me children, or I'll die! Jacob became angry with her and said, Am I in the place of God who kept you from having children? Then she said, Here is Bilhah, my maidservant. 
sleep with her so that she can bear children for me, that through her I too can build a family. So she gave him her maidservant, Bilhah, as a wife. Jacob slept with her, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my prayer and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her maidservant, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! So she named him Gad. Leah's servant, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, How happy I am! The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now at this point, I, in the present century, have to stop and go, Oh my gosh, here is a man of our faith, a patriarch. He has two wives, two concubines. That doesn't sound right. But now, even on a simple practical level, whose house is he going to be at? Which wife is he going to be with this night? I wonder that myself. And it just becomes a very difficult thing to, to just imagine. And I almost have a feeling like He's being used and manipulated by these women. Don't get me wrong, women. But I'm just thinking as a guy for a second. Oh, and you'd think, it's bad? Hmm. It gets worse. During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother, Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrake. She said to her, Wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me tonight, she said. I have hired you for my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, 
God has presented me with a precious gift. This time, my husband will treat me with honor, because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. I know, Cecilia, you asked, why are we reading all these things? Sure, it's in Genesis, yes. but why in the heck are we reading about sisters who fight? Well, there's a very valid reason. Twofold, actually. One, it's showing the backdrop of how sinful people can be and how the Canaanites were and how people of that land were living, even as some of our patriarchs of the faith. But it moves then to the New Testament, where we learn as the family of God, we have a different way of living, not as the world, but as the family of God. And with that, if you will read Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, mm -hmm. fits of rage, selfish ambition, mm -hmm. dissensions, factions, and envy. Mm -hmm. You see, this is how the people of the world live when you don't have God. Now, when we have God, and that's what God is trying to bring into this family, his life, his being. Now read on. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we have these, life looks just so different. And that's how it is with the people of God. You didn't let me finish, though. Oh. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live with the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoke and envying each other. Mm.
Jacob has now spent about 14 years in the house of Laban, working for him, in a sense, to receive both Leah and Rachel, working seven years for each. We find an older, a bit more wiser man. Jacob, who had deceived his brother multiple times. Jacob, who was deceived by Laban, who saw his wives battle in jealousy and envy, now decides the way of the world isn't so good. Thought he'd use a different way. And though we don't quite understand all of this,、uh, whether it was the modern science of the day or a miracle, we certainly are sure that instead of the way of the world, it's a way of honesty. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you, and I will be on my way. You know how much work I have done for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination. That the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, Name your wages, and I will pay them. Jacob said to him, You know how I have worked for you and how your livestock has, fa- has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now, When may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you? He asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep. Every dark colored lamb and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages. And my honesty will testify for me in the future whenever you check my wages. You have paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted, or any lamb that is not dark colored, will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted, and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark colored lambs. And he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three Day journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, took fresh cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then He placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be 
directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made the separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals so that they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maidservants and menservants and camels and donkeys. So, I know what you're going to say. Okay, Pastor Dave, wrap it up, put a bow on it, make this all simple, but don't make it just a cliche. Stop being jealous, stop being envious, don't be like them. Right? I hate it when he reads my mind. Uh, it ain't hard, it's an open book. Well, actually, I had kind of a question. Yeah. How do I not be jealous and envious and dishonest. I mean, even with my housemates, mm-hmm. one of them gets ahead, oh, even in a dumb computer game. And what am I doing? I'm trying to compete to get a higher level than they've got. I just don't like it. Or one of them gets some new appliance or something or, or uh, new doodad from mm-hmm. wherever. I want that thing too. And it's not like they don't even, it's not like they brag about it. It's not like they're not willing to share, but doggone it, I should have one. And I don't like that about myself. And I get angry with myself because of that. (laughs) And I know it's not Christian, but it happens. Okay. Well, as always, Cecilia, you asked multiple questions within the one question. So (laughs) I have to split out the easiest one first. All right. You just have a healthy competition when you play games. Uh, You want to win. And that's okay. Unless that night it gets you to stab someone in the back or poison them or or, uh, short sheet their bed or... Oh, short sheeting beds, I've heard, can be fun. I've never done it, but... Oh, haven't you? No, but... So that, that's the simple one. I mean, sometimes there's competition, and that's, that can be healthy and okay if you keep it in balance. But what if I don't? What if I'm really ticked off that I lost this game? Okay, and that moves to the second thing, and there's actually two levels here. Um, uh, when it comes to being upset at the game, why are you upset at losing that game? I don't like losing. Okay. Or 
I don't, I feel bad about myself mm-hmm. and I think that I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, or- okay. The thing you'll have to do there, and that's what I thought you were going to say, those two things, is when you feel that way, just you're going to have to say to yourself, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. It isn't about you. It's not about you as a person. And so it's not that you're a bad person or that you have bad luck or you don't have skill. It's just a game. But now we move to something far more difficult, even as there was Leah and Rachel. Because for them it wasn't a game, it was life. Yeah. A man, kids, competition that was, oh. Two things come to mind. First, now we're talking about the deep-seated root of what's in our hearts. And we need to realize and acknowledge what that is, is going right back to the first sin. Remember what the first sin was? What did Eve want to do? She desired something she didn't have. Well, even before that. She doubted. Doubted what? She doubted God. That what? That God would provide what she needed. No, that she'd die. She doubted. Oh, Oh, God won't tell me that. I'm going to be God instead. That takes the place. Uh, right, right. And so really the first sin was they're wanting to be God. And so they doubted the real God's word. That's the, 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 at the bottom of all these things. And, and, and whether it's envy or other of the seven deadly sins. Which someday I want to explore, by the hmm, way. Well, maybe we could. Um, we need to realize that it comes from that, I want to be God. I want everything to be focused around me. I want to be king of the hill. I want to be, I want to be, it's all starting with me. me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's only a couple ways to get rid of that, and that is to die to self. And that's what Jesus says when when he asks us to take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow follow him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why Paul also said in Galatians, I am crucified with Christ. Now I live, but not me. It's Christ now who lives in me. See, when we admit that we're sinful and we say, God, I'm sorry, create in me a clean heart. Give me a new spirit. He does. It's the new spirit within us then, his spirit, that starts to live. And that's the only thing that has the strength to say no to these things. But it's not easy. No, absolutely not. It's, It's saying... Again and again and again. It's and again not and again about and again. me. Yep. It's about, hey, being happy that... And here's another that, thing that I have found extremely helpful when we're facing that. Mm-hmm. And I literally am, am sometimes angry and pouting and, and I wanted that and... Mm. You? Yeah. That's not my biggest sin. I'm not going to tell you what my biggest sin is necessarily. Darn. But I sometimes do have that, this one. Okay. Um... I start to say, thank you, Jesus, that you gave this to Brent. Thank you that he has this and he can enjoy it. Thank you, Lord. Guard and protect him that he can have it. Lord, help me find pleasure in his joy and excitement. Lord, thank you that he has so much joy. May it last for a day. And just start working at thanking God, thanking God, thanking God. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give.
give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the holy one give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the We've covered a lot here today, yes, we and have. we'd love to hear from you. What are some of the things you do when you're faced with that green-eyed monster? Cookie! Cookie! I want a cookie! Or whatever the monster no, gives you No, it's more like I on. want Pastor Dave's cookie, or I want, you know. <laughs> and there, I'm sure others of you out there have, have things that the Lord has helped you with in dealing with uh, the green-eyed monster, or uh, a competition with brothers or sisters. Uh, again, that's a struggle we all have faced if we have brothers and sisters. You can contact us at... Info. I-N-F-O. At not-alone. Dot net. N-E-T. And... Remember... We, we are, are not alone. alone. Do come back again to room 4216... Credits. Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn, interlude musicians. Give thanks, Janella Salvador. Caitlin, squabbling sister one. Amy Rye. Renata, squabbling sister two. Anna Pacelli.